Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings Podcast 46. I talk about Mass Effect, and I ramble about bad customer service. Enjoy the show! I am about 8 hours into the single-player Mass Effect 3 game, and it's awesome. Some of the older characters make a return, and you get to see sort of the close to their story and possible continuation. Being only 8 hours in, I'm not sure if they're going to continue or not, because they're sort of on the wayside, as it were. And of course, there are a few new characters. There's the military-style character, who was very highly advertised. And there's another new character who I won't spoil it, but I'll just say that she was previously a character who stayed on the ship and didn't go out with you. Now she's, you know, available to go out on missions. I also don't get why the Jessica Chobot character is such a big deal. I mean, yes, I understand why it's a big deal in that she came from a background that isn't entirely voice acting. And it is kind of surprising because she is known for, you know, different things other than, you know, video game work. As far as I know, this is her first video game work. But I I don't get what the big deal was about, you know, everybody making a big fuss about her being in there. I saw her character on Citadel. I said she could tentatively join my crew. And in something like 9 hours played, 10 hours played, I haven't seen her except for the one time I went to purposely visit her. And that was just a little tiny conversation. It wasn't anything big. She can't go with you on missions, and she's never, you know, visited me on a return from a mission, so it's like, why is she even here? Why is this a big deal? I don't understand. Yes, I remember the Mass Effect 2 news reporter character, and, you know, she was here now and then and kind of got in your face, but this character doesn't seem to have that sort of same role. She doesn't get in my face. I've, you know, like I said, never encountered her. I had to specifically go visit her on the ship, so I, I don't get why it's a big deal. The gun sounds and other sounds that I was worried about aren't quite as bad as they were in the demo. I think they are slightly different sounding than, you know, how they were in the demo. And it seems like the bigger and more powerful guns that you get have a little bit more solid sounding sound to them. And when I was playing multiplayer after the release of the game, I did get a new gun that sounded a lot better than the other guns that were in the demo online play. It seems like it's sort of a a gauze-type rifle, which for those of you who don't know, there's no propellant, there's no gunpowder, it's all magnetic, and so it just kind of goes, and there's this sort of electrical effect on the barrel, but it sounds sounds pretty solid. It sounds kind of of like there is gunpowder, but there probably isn't, because all of the weapons are, are, you know, supposed to be magnetic or electrical in some way. They don't use actual bullets, as it were. The, The clips you see people popping in and out are like heat sinks. They're not actual clips. The character look that I was worried about isn't quite as bad. I mean, it is bad and it's not because most of the people you see are alien people. And on the alien race, you know, the high texture is very cool. It looks nice. It's just on the human characters that it looks a little bit funny. And sometimes their eyes kind of bulge out and they look like scary, evil puppet people. But it's it's okay. I mean, the conversations are short enough, you know, in that 
you don't see your yourself or other humans straight on. You're usually in a little bit of shadow or, you know, the conversation is brief and the camera shifts and you're not looking dead on. So it's it's tolerable. It's not quite as terrible as I thought it would be. Overall design of the space flight and exploration seems to be streamlined, I guess you could say. There used to be this sort of mining minigame on uh, planets. You'd go to a planet, you'd scan it, you'd shoot these little probes out and get different kinds of minerals. That is gone and it seems to be replaced by just fly around in the galaxy and push a ping button and it just kind of goes boom. And I guess you like scan the area. I haven't actually found anything yet doing that. But it also says the more times you do that, the higher chance that the reapers will, will come in and find you and chase you. So I usually only do it, you know, two or three times per galaxy. Areas overall also seem to be streamlined in the non-combat areas. You know, like the Citadel is broken into several different levels, and each level is kind of small, but you're walking around a little bit slower. It's it's more of a natural pace than previous games where it seemed like you had to jog everywhere to get anywhere because it was so big. But even though the area is smaller, it doesn't feel smaller because, you know, there's multiple levels and the, the scenery is just incredible. There's these huge, wonderful sceneries in the background. So you never feel like, you know, you're squozing in or trapped or anything. Combat areas look really awesome. I expect on the PC the distance view is kicked way out because you can see really, really far. And, uh, you know, like the, the inner city areas, the, the scenery in the background is awesome and there's a lot going on. One huge change that seems very curious that was mentioned in pretty much all the reviews ahead of time is that their difficulty settings don't seem to exist. There are now three different modes. I forget the exact name of the modes, but one is, I think, kind of story mode, where it kind of implies that, you know, it's set on easy for combat, and so, you know, you have an easy time with combat, and then you spend most of your time, you know, having conversations and stuff. And then there is an action mode, I think they call it, which I don't think is any harder in combat than, you know, the regular mode, but it is, you know, autopilot when you're doing conversations, so you never have to make a conversation choice. They just kind of go as a cutscene. And then there's role-playing mode, which is the standard version, you know, we're used to in previous games. And it seems to imply that it's kind of set on medium and that, you know, nothing goes above medium. And that's kind of disappointing to me because I, I would play them through on medium with the first playthrough. And then I would almost always restart on a hard setting and, you know, replay through it on hard. And then I would, you know, wait a little while until I've kind of, you know, given myself a little break. And then I would do you know, whatever it is, the highest setting, that the Nightmare, I think they used to call it. And I, I didn't usually get very far in Nightmare before it got too hard, but it, it was always, you know, interesting to try and see how far I could make it. So that seems curious. You know, it's like I'll finish it on the regular role-playing mode, the, you know, what is assumed to be medium, and then, what, I can't, I can't play through it again? I just play through on the same difficulty? I can take, you know, my character and advance in levels and stuff, but if it's on the same difficulty, you know, what's really motivating me to play again? I, I don't understand. I still kind of am sticking to my original statement that I think the downloadable content that was there on launch day should have been free. What I've seen of it certainly doesn't seem worth 10 bucks. I was doing what I thought was the main story, and uh, it wound up being the downloadable content, so his story is really interwoven with the core story of the game. It wasn't until the characters actually said, oh, hey, here's the Protheans pod, that I was like, oh, geez, this is the downloadable content. I, I didn't intentionally pick this mission. And then it's like, after that one, one or maybe two missions that I did it, 
you know, he's he's awake again and he's available to join my group. And it's like, you know, I don't really care because I like my old characters. And if I were to take a new character, I would take the new soldier. And the weapon that comes with him is sort of a, a collector beam style weapon. Where it's like you hold down the button and it just kind of goes, and it's like, you know, I, I don't like that kind of weapon. So I have no interest at all in the weapon that came with him. So, uh, you know, I, I think he should have been free. I think he should have been no more than five bucks at most if he was charged. The Kasumi character and missions that came with her in Mass Effect 2 seem much more worth the money I spent for than, you know, the From Ashes content for Mass Effect 3. So I don't know. I, I would give it sort of a bad rating and say, you know, bad on you guys. It should have been free. So I don't know. I would say, you know, he's absolutely really not worth it because, you know, while his story is part of the core story, I, I don't think it really adds a whole lot that you couldn't do without. And, you know, again, like I said, I, I really don't think it's worth the 10 bucks. It makes the game, you know, like 20% more expensive, and he's absolutely not 20% of content edition. So I, I would say that's really a, a bad choice and a bad decision on Bioware's part. And that's all the comments I can think of right now for single player. I really love the multiplayer aspects of the game. It's not a whole lot different than the demo version that I've talked about before. My opinions and feelings about, you know, playing it haven't changed at all. There are probably more maps than I have seen. I think I've seen about six. And I haven't even really seen them all entirely because, you know, some of them are a little bit larger. And, you know, you don't want to spread out from your companions too much. Otherwise, you know, you guys will get all killed. So... I haven't really explored all of the maps I've even seen, but I am kind of surprised in that it seems like there are fewer maps than I would have expected. There also appear to only be three main bad guy groups. There's the Cerberus group who are in the demo. There is a Reaver group who's kind of a, a mixed racial group, I guess. They have different kind of critters. And then there's the Geth, who I'm not even really sure why they're in there. I haven't encountered them in the story. I have just now talked to somebody about you know, what about the Geth? Are they still out there? So, you know, maybe I will encounter them soon, but I haven't yet. But just off the top of my head, it's like, why isn't there a Blood Pack and Blue Suns group to fight against? They, they should at least be in there. Eclipse is, I believe, the third gang that is always spoken of. But Eclipse, Blue Sun, and, and Blood Pact all have very distinct sort of styles. And from what I recall, they have very different units as well. And in the groups they have in the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer already, they're all very distinct and different. And they have units that do sort of the same thing, but they all have sort of different AI and different styles and flavors. So I think maybe these three gangs combined could be, you know, a fourth enemy that would be very cool to see in multiplayer. As a joke, they could also include Elcor. Defiantly, I use biotic charge. With steely resolve... I fire my rocket launcher. It can be funny, yeah? Good times. And the maps that you play on, the, the type of challenge is all horde mode, which I haven't heard referenced before now, but 
it's you know a specific type of map where there's so many waves of bad guys. And I was expecting kind of different modes, I guess you could say. Sure, there's different stuff within you know each challenge, so that makes it really random and really cool, and I'm really happy with that. But I was kind of expecting you know a few linear maps, so to speak, where it's like you know the the horde mode map has ten rounds. Say this linear map wasn't exactly ten rounds, but it was ten phases. And like maybe in the first phase you have to go from point A to point B, and then at point B maybe you have to defend some citizens while they're escaping out of their homes into you know a group and then maybe in the third phase you have to escort the citizens from point b to point c to get on a transport you know things like that so far there there aren't any maps that are like that and there is you know like i said only the three bad guy groups but i'm hoping you know in time they'll they'll make some downloadable content that is free and uh you know update it and get some more maps i am really really happy about how the co-op multiplayer has worked out I always thought that it would be really awesome to have and so you know I'm really happy that it is finally in there I will probably be playing it much longer than I actually finish the game especially since now you know I've regularly been playing with my friend Genesee and some of her friends so we have you know a really solid group and we work well together I was playing today and it's like it, it almost wasn't even worth my time to play online with people I wasn't familiar with I played for, I think, two or three hours. And of that time, there was only about two people who knew what they were doing. I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but it's like the rest of the people, they just kept running all over the map like they were, you know, alone and didn't have companions with them. You know, you really have to stick at least somewhat as a group. You know, you can survive in pairs if you're really awesome and really careful. But it is, you know, a tactical and strategic shooter. You do have to have a defensive position or, you know, flank guys, you know, appropriately. Otherwise, you, you quickly get surrounded and you get flanked or, you know, just the forces will overwhelm you. You have to act as a cohesive group. There are three settings. There's bronze, silver, and gold. And if you're playing on bronze, you can sort of be not, you know, as a cohesive unit and still get by okay if you're really awesome. But again, like I said, you know, it's really ideal that you go no less than pairs, you know, if not all together. On silver, you absolutely really have to be, you know, almost max level. I would say at least 16 or higher out of a total 20 levels. And you have to really stick together as a group because if you don't, you, you absolutely get wiped out. Like I said today, I, I don't even know if it was worth playing because so many people were spreading out and going and lone wolfing it or they were setting it on silver setting when they didn't have the levels and they didn't have the tactics to back it up. You know, there was half a dozen games I played on silver setting where we didn't get past round five because we would just get, you know, obliterated in the first couple of rounds. I would tell these people on voice chat, I'd be like, you got to put that on bronze or we're going to get destroyed. And, you know, sure enough, we would get destroyed or instantly somebody would just run out and charge into a group of five bad guys and get killed in like three seconds. I was like, really? And then gold, forget about it. You, you don't even want to try gold setting unless all of your characters are maxed out and you have really good gear and you move as a solid unit and have good tactics. So, you know, if I didn't have this regular group of online friends to play with, I might not play as much. I might not be as into it. I might not play as long. But certainly, you know, while they're into it and, you know, we're all pretty super into it at the moment, it's really, really super fun. And it's probably the only multiplayer game I've really liked 
ever since way back in the day with the first Tribes game, which came out actually like six months before EverQuest. And I suppose it's kind of a similar thing, because back with the early Tribes game, it was all about being on a team, and it was more like, I guess you could say, a sport. I think there was only the one mode of capture the flag, but it's like, you know, there was voice chat uh, built into the game. So you, you kind of had the ability to have a good team and have good communication and work out like a sport team. So it's like you could say, I'm going for the flag, you know, cover me. And somebody else will be like, I don't, you know, I'll cover you. Or somebody will be like, I'll protect our flag. And so if you were careful, you could get some really solid team tactics going. So I think in that same kind of way, I've been pulled into the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer because you do have to have that sort of, you know, strategy and tactics. They don't have voice chat, but the characters actually talk automatically by themselves, which is kind of cool. Because they'll yell out, you know, bad guys are coming. You know, they don't exactly say that. They say, you know, such and such is coming. Or they say, you know, I'm hit, or my shields are down, or I'm down. You know, and so there is that sort of battlefield awareness going on. And they do have voice chat actually built into the game. So if you set, you know, a, a talking key or you use the default talking key, you can't actually talk to the people in the game and they can hear you, you know, saying whatever. Thankfully, people have, you know, been pretty smart about it. Usually just say, oh, look out, such and such got me and they're, they're near me. Or like, you know, here comes this heavy unit that's over here. You know, there's nobody being stupid on the voice chat that I've found yet, which is usually one of the things that really drives me away from these kind of games. There was one person who is sort of pro, and, you know, I, I'm pretty pro too, and, you know, he and I were chatting about stuff and, you know, calling tactics kind of chatting. And we were doing pretty good. We were getting into the swing of things with the group. And, uh, you know, because of our chat, we were doing a little bit better. And he got a little bit weird. He was all like, oh, I'm being crazy this round. Oh, ah, ooh, ah. Saying a few crazy things. You know, nothing super crazy. But he was the only one so far who has talked any kind of craziness. There hasn't been anybody that's been poop talking or anything like that. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. As I mentioned before, the rewards are that you get money and experience for your characters. You max out at level 20. And I think I'm my highest guy is like level 16 so far. That might be a little higher than he actually is. And I've only played for maybe 6 hours so far. So I would say that you could pretty easily max out a single multiplayer character in about 5 to 10 hours depending. Because why I say 5 and not 10 for each one is because... When you get your money, you can buy these reward packs, and part of the reward packs will give you a new character, but if you already have that character, it will just add on experience for free. So even though there's five classes, and you level up a character in a class, and then everybody of that class gets that level experience, you can still get experience for characters you aren't playing. Like my character is a human soldier, so if I got a different kind of soldier, like there is a Tyrion soldier, I believe, and a, a Krogan soldier. If I got either of those, they would automatically be whatever level my main character was as soon as I unlocked them, because that's all the soldier class. So how it works is you get, you know, monies for uh, succeeding and doing uh, different levels of success. And then you could buy a recruit, a veteran, or a specter pack and these things are, are fairly addictive, I would say, because it's sort of like a collectible card game. You know, you pay the, the monies and then you get a little sound and then it's like you get these cards as they are shown to you. And you sort of get 
you know, different ammo or new weapons or new characters that you haven't unlocked yet. As I mentioned before in my previous podcast about the online multiplayer for the demo, there are five different classes and then four different characters for each class. And most of them only start with, I think, one or two unlocked. So, you know, most of the characters you have to unlock. One thing that is kind of sad, but I can understand why they did it, is that you can buy the online money for real world money. So you can basically buy, you know, these packs on your own with actual cash. Now, I would never do that because, you know, it goes fast enough and I'll I'll play it, you know, enough that I'll I'll be fine. And I want to be able to say, you know, all of this stuff I earned, you know, through combat and through succeeding, you know, if you if you don't succeed, it's not that you don't get money, but you get a lot less of it. So I wouldn't ever pay real-world money to get these booster packs, as I call them. But I can see, you know, maybe somebody doesn't have as much time to play. Maybe they only have, you know, one or two hours a week they can play, or, you know, one or two hours every few weeks. But, you know, maybe they want to play with their friends, and their friends play all the time, or maybe, you know, maybe they just want a certain character unlocked and they they don't have it yet. You know, I I could totally understand them paying real-world monies for it. In this case, I would be sort of okay with that. You know, it's my own personal thing that I want to earn these through combat. But since the thing they earn are, you know, booster packs, and these booster packs have the same random chance to get item X as any booster pack I get, I actually don't have a huge problem with it. They are, you know, increasing their chances, and therefore there's more chances for them, and, you know, higher chance they'll get something special. You know, they could do it faster, but it's not like they would get any items I couldn't also get. When I have issues with these, you know, real-world transfers for downloadable content, it's because somebody is getting something that somebody else can't get. The phrase people commonly associate with that is pay to win, and, you know, that's something I am absolutely against. If somebody could pay, you know, 5 or 10 bucks, and they get an item that's, you know, 10 or 20% better than all the other items, you know, something like that is not okay. But something like this, I don't know, it's sort of a gray area. I wouldn't do it. Probably nobody I play with would do it. Probably most people wouldn't do it. I would be sort of okay with it because, you know, like I said, they don't get anything we can't get otherwise. They just, you know, have more chances of getting it sooner. And that's all I can think of for the multiplayer aspects of Mass Effect 3. Holy nightmare! For my last section, I'm going to do sort of a rant. And, um, you know, this is kind of a dummy head award for everybody who is not keeping customer support, you know, in the hands of people who speak fluent and complete English and who actually read your requests. There was a couple of things that happened lately, but the first main thing that sort of sparked me into being irked about things was I had pre-ordered the Mass Effect 3 and 7 physical collector edition of the game way back in like September or October. So this was quite some time ago, and in the space of time between then and and recent times right when they're getting to launch, 
Some of the details had changed, you know, what was going into the package. And there was this new digital deluxe version. And so, you know, my order looked a little bit weird online. So I I was kind of curious about it. I said, you know, what's up with that? I emailed Amazon and I said, hey, I I pre-ordered the game. But when you go to the website and you click on PC, the collector edition shows as not available. Does that mean the item is sold out and they're not going to make any more and I have one reserved? Or does that mean that it's no longer available as in this version of the game for the PC is not going to be made anymore? And so I asked for clarification. A few days later, they gave me something that basically said they didn't know their head from their ass and they didn't know what was going on. So I just said, well, that wasn't very helpful at all. And so I asked EA Games pretty much the same thing. I said, you know, I've pre-ordered this game. Is it actually sold out or is it not going to be produced? The reason that I got kind of freaked out about it was because they had that, you know, digital deluxe version and there were still copies of the N7 Collector Edition for the consoles. And in recent times, there have been a few game launches which had Collector Editions only on the console. That's like a whole other issue. Thankfully, it's only happened a few times, but this is what made me really worried about my order. It's like, does it still exist? Did I get one? Are they just not taking any more orders, or has it actually, you know, been canceled and it's not going to exist? So, you know, being in the bad place I have been lately, I kind of went with my second instinct, which was to cancel the game and just go ahead and get the regular version. Because that way, you know, I didn't want to worry about the order coming in late or anything. Because my first instinct was to go ahead and keep it and, you know, if it didn't ship for some reason, I could change it. That could have potentially delayed my order by a few days or maybe a week, you know, depending on how quickly Amazon you know, replied and said, hey, this product hasn't shipped. We don't know what to do. What should we do? You know, and that sort of thing. And I didn't want to mess with that. And so now I'm kind of really sad that I didn't stick with it and do that option because I did, you know, go ahead and cancel the order based on EA's reply, which said, we're sorry this product is no longer available. And so to me, coming from a a sort of defensive position that sounded like, well, crap, they've canceled the PC Collector Edition version. When in fact what they should have said was, we're sorry this item is sold out and we are not selling any new copies. So that's kind of a big miscommunication which really upset me. It's like, if you guys would have read my original email and, you know, gone by the clarification of what I said, you know, I said I had it pre-ordered already, you know, I asked, is this product still available? Is it still going to be produced? And, you know, they didn't fully understand what I was asking. The other thing that's upset me is that the face on my DVJ drive has a button, and the button popped off, but I could remove the face. So right now, I took the face off, and, you know, that way it's really easy to pop the button, and you know, manually, and have it open. Because the button just kind of, it's there, it's not broken, but it's not held onto the face in any way. I don't understand how it was held on before. But it's like got this little part that attaches over here and then this other part over here. And there's no glue or springs or anything. So I don't I don't understand how it was held on. But I sent an email to Asus who makes my laptop and I said, Hey, I would like a new face with a button that is, you know, not broken off. 
And, you know, I don't want to RMA my entire unit to fix this because that's just ridiculous. And their reply was basically, hey, RMA the entire unit and we'll hook you up. I'm like, no, that's that's exactly what I said I did not want to do. And so I sent a, a email to the manufacturers of the DVG drive, at least as far as I know, and I haven't even heard back from them at all. So I, I don't know what's up with that. I also contacted Creative Labs about my headphones because I have some super fancy ones that are the Fatality Pro MK2, I think is the name. And I've been sort of torturing my online friends lately because, you know, I have to leave the mic open because they use Skype and so it's constantly broadcasting or I have to completely mute it. And, you know, muting and unmuting, you know, while you're trying to do a a shooting game is very difficult. So I sent an email saying, hey, I noticed this thing has this silencer feature, which I guess there's two microphones on my headset. There's one near the ear and then one at the mouthpiece. And so what it's supposed to do is supposed to be this super smart software that figures out this sound here coming from over here and this sound here coming from over here are exactly the same. So let's eliminate them. And in the demo, it really cuts down the the amount of background noise. So they would not have to listen to the incessant, uh, you know, background music of the restaurant. So I emailed uh, Creative Labs. I said, hey, I have this awesome headset. I have a laptop, but I don't know if I have this xfi go chip i have you know xfi chip in my system but i don't know what it is and their reply basically was you know annoying form letter that said the exact same thing i'd already found on their you know website and it's like yo thanks for nothing i already saw that page and it wasn't helpful and that's why i'm emailing you so i'm pretty upset at them so yeah um dummy had a word just in general, to customer service of all kinds in the industry because it seems to have gone to crap and uh, you know, nobody is actually reading the emails or speaking enough English fluently to understand what I'm saying. And that's really upsetting and really annoying because they would save everybody a lot of time and headaches if these people actually read the emails and understood what I was saying or, you know, other people, what they're saying. And I really, really wish they would go back to the old days of, you know, when they actually did do that. I guess that's it for Podcast 46. There are no donations to speak of, so no Pirate's Treasure. Seems like it's been a really long time since I had a Pirate's Treasure going. And it always kind of makes me sad because, you know, with 5,000 visits to my site roughly a month, I always figured, you know, maybe if I got enough donations, that would be, you know, enough to get some kind of income, if not survive on. If we, you know, do the math, as it were, if... Even half of my visitors sent me $1 a month. That would be, you know, almost the highest income I've had ever in my life. And it would certainly be enough to live off of, but that doesn't happen. I've gotten hardly any donations, and, um, you know, I guess that is just the way it is. The gamer people who are, you know, visitors of my site regularly 
are looking to save money, and that's you know the the point of the site is to save them money. So uh, you know I always have to just kind of hope that they're saving their money and don't have the money to send me, and that's uh, you know just my my hope that that's why they are not donating. This is kind of sad though because if I had enough donations, I could live a happy rabbit life and spend you know more time doing my site and more time reading articles and going to conventions and stuff. And, um, you know, just being better at what I do and helping people. And, um, you know, that would make me happy. But as always, uh, you know, my life is what it is. And I try to do the best I can and make, you know, people happy on the way. And hopefully everybody had a good time here. Uh, looks like I'm going to get it out within another week. So that's cool. I think weekly is a lot easier for people to remember. So who knows? Hopefully I can maybe keep doing them every week. Because, you know, a, a week and a half is pretty weird. You know, you don't always remember. It's kind of a put-it-on-your-calendar kind of thing. And, you know, once a week is like you pick a day and you just go and then you do it every week and it's fine. So that's a lot easier to remember, I think. Uh, hopefully everybody had a good time. And uh, hopefully I will have something else new and interesting and different to talk about next week. And um, hopefully I'll see everybody then. Okay, thanks. Bye. And also, in the last day of playing the demo game, I did get a different gun, which sounded a lot better. Oh no, that was the new one. Basically, you know, whatever. And then there is the... Um, oh. And from what I... I will probably be playing... Oh, yeah. He's really very gentle and fuzzy. We're becoming fast friends. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.